Hello, everyone, and welcome to the November 2nd uh, edition of the Monday Check-In. I am Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, 68901, for if you're gonna, interested in sending us some letters, correspondence of some sort. <laughs> um, uh, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. If you are to send us correspondence and you send it to Presbyterian Church, Hastings 68901, make sure you put First Presbyterian because <laughs> we have a second Presbyterian and our Presbyterian naming conventions are so clever uh, that we, you know, you just need to remember first or second. Yeah. <laughs> I ha- um, okay, quick aside. My friend Colin Buzza his dad, Jim Buzza, who we called Jimbo Buzza. Uh, they lived in Lanesboro, Minnesota, which is a pretty small town right, in Southern Minnesota. And he uh, once got received a letter from one of his friends uh, and it was written, uh, it was addressed to Jim Buzza and then, but the person like didn't have their address. They had forgotten it or something. And they, they had, they drew their neighbor's house they drew the buzzes house and then they drew the house on the other side and they put an arrow and they said this house lanesboro minnesota and it got there you got to give the u.s postal service some props i've heard uh, they're 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 getting a little bit of negative publicity these past few months but i i have heard so many stories like that and i personally can attest to the fact that mail has found its way to me even since I've lived here in Hastings, that had no reason to get to me. For example, <laughs> another aside, I um, I won't say which wedding it was, but I've done a wedding since I've been here and the bride and groom somehow got the wrong address for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so every bit of correspondence that was sent to me about the wedding, like my invitation to the wedding and my invitation to the rehearsal dinner and other uh, various mailings that were sent out uh, were, were all addressed incorrectly, like very incorrectly, not like a number off or a street off, right. like somehow there was a mix up that never got resolved. <laughs> and about half those letters ended up at the church mm, and half mm-hmm. those letters ended up here at my house. So the postal service was like way heads up on this. Yeah. And they, they knew my name was both associated with the church and with this house. And I was so impressed. Uh, I, in fact, I'm going to give them a call after our check-in <laughs> and tell them, thank you for doing such a good job. Yeah. They're good. I, uh, one last aside, I worked in the mailroom at, uh, at Wardbury College, the college of our brightest days. And oh, one, of the, one of the most enjoyable jobs that I ever had was working in the mailroom there. And you do- Looking like a true introvert. <laughs> yeah, you do very quickly, uh, like start to learn everybody's name and their, we had mailboxes. So I could have told you most people's mailbox numbers um, at the college. And I learned a lot of professors who I didn't, I wouldn't have had any of their classes, but I knew where their office was and I knew, uh, what catalogs they got, uh, all that good stuff. So at least the ones they had sent to the college, which were like, you know, your fancy catalogs. Of but, course. 
<laughs> so what we will do now that we're done with this part is uh, we will take a look at the scripture for this upcoming Sunday, and we'll do kind of a mini little Bible study on it. And then following that, we we switch gears again, and and we offer some uh, announcements, some news about uh, the life of First Pres, what's going on, what folks uh, might want to be aware of, how folks uh, can can get involved in things that are going on uh, right now. So. Uh, we'll flip over to scripture. Greg, which of us is going to do the prayer? I, uh, how about you open with prayer and I'll close with prayer? That sounds, that sounds fair to me. Uh, let's join together in a moment of prayer. Loving and gracious God, as we gather together in this way, as folks um, listen to our ramblings and, and consider some of the maybe thoughts that we raise, some of the questions that we maybe raise, some of our own ponderings and wondering, what, what is this about? What does this mean for us? We ask that your spirit might be present, uh, that through all of this conversation, through all of this question, through the reading again of your holy scriptures, that your truth might be revealed, that your uh, beauty and wisdom might be made known. Uh, in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we do have a couple of scripture passages for us this week, uh, the first of which comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. This is a little bit of scripture that folks are, I'm going to say they're like 60 to 70 percent familiar with this passage. Uh, that it'll be familiar to them, but they won't quite remember all of the details of it. If as we go they through. have sung in a choir, this will be a familiar story to them. Is you, you sing the whole story? Are you thinking of keep your lamps trimmed and burning? That is what I'm thinking of. And I think <laughs> everyone who's ever sung in a high school or a church choir has at one point or another sung that song. And so there's some familiarity there, right? Oh, I think for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, like you'll have an image of the scene in your mind, certainly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so 25 verses 1 through 13. Uh, this is Jesus speaking. Uh, and you pointed out to me earlier speaking uh, really just to the disciples at this yes, point. Yes, just to his gathered disciples. If we back it up to chapter 24, we know the context of this. And Jesus has just gathered with his disciples and he drops a series of parables. And this is one in a series and this falls actually in a series of three. This is the middle one in a series of three. I'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that after you read it. Okay. Uh, so Jesus says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridemaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. 
But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Um, that's uh, where that little bit of scripture uh, takes its leave, I suppose. Um, the second bit of scripture comes to us uh, from the wisdom of Solomon uh, at chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. Uh, should I read this or would you like to? I'll read it. Okay. Uh, Song of Solomon is an interesting one. We don't preach from it too often, but it falls in the lectionary this week. And it kind of pairs really nicely with this passage from Matthew, which is probably why it falls in the lectionary this week. <laughs> and so uh, this, uh, what, what it does is personifies wisdom as a woman and talks about uh, wisdom. So let's, uh, let's listen for that. So this is uh, Solomon chapter six, verses 12 through 20. Wisdom is radiant and unfading, and she is easily discerned by those who love her and is found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known to those who desire her. One who rises early to seek her will have no difficulty, for she will be found sitting at the gates. To fix one's thought on her is perfect understanding, and one who is vigilant on her account will soon be free from care because she goes about seeking those worthy of her and she graciously appears to them in their paths and meets them in every thought. The beginning of wisdom is the most sincere desire for instruction and concern for instruction is love of her and love of her is the keeping of her laws and giving heed to her laws is the assurance of immortality, and immortality brings one near to God. So the desire for wisdom leads to a kingdom. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I don't spend much time in the Song of Solomon because it's not often in the lectionary, and so I don't find myself reading it very often. I forget how beautiful the poetry is from the Song of Solomon. Um or sometimes called the wisdom of Solomon. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, it's unique within the scriptural witness as well, um, in that the personification of the, the character of wisdom, um, Sophia, I believe, is the word. Yep. Um, and also, um, and the and, and at times it's almost kind of interchangeable for God, um, the way that it's used, the way that it's described. And so we have a female personification of this wisdom of God, um, which is interesting um, and unique within the, within the scriptural witness as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, um, I mean, it is wisdom of God that we, because we get to the end and it says that, that this wisdom brings about immortality, which brings one nearer to God which leads to the kingdom. Uh, and so it is wisdom of God that, uh, that they're talking about specifically. And, and it's a beautiful description of what that wisdom is all about. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the call to seek wisdom, uh, to, to pay attention. And the, the sort of the mutual benefit that if you seek wisdom, wisdom will come to you. And if you, uh, you know, and that's, that's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful passage. It really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, um, uh, as you were reading, I was, 
surprised maybe um, by verse 14. Uh, One who rises early to seek her will have no difficulty, for she will be found sitting at the gate. That uh, is just right there. (laughs) It's just wisdom, like the wisdom of God wants to be found. Uh, It's just it's just hanging out. Um, so just look or just talk to some other folks. Um, yeah. Or pay attention a little bit. Yeah. And, and our call to fix our thoughts on the wisdom of God. Um, and then the, and again, it's that mutual. If you fix your thoughts on her, she goes about seeking those worthy of her. She graciously appears to them in their paths and meets them in every thought. So by us fixing our thoughts on the wisdom of God, in turn, the wisdom of God will come to us and meet us. Um, and then, and then the next line too, the beginning of wisdom is the most sincere desire for instruction. It's, it's, it's the humility. It's submitting yourself to instruction. Um, and concern for that instruction is love of wisdom by, by showing concern or care for being instructed in the word of God. Uh, that is a way of showing love of God and the wisdom of God. So yeah, it's good stuff. So how does it relate to this? parable about the, <laughs> the bridesmaids oh goodness well, i mean if we have a sincere desire for instruction right uh and here's some i guess you might call this instruction that jesus offers to the disciples um yeah there's interesting things going on here um okay a bridegroom is is what again the bridegroom is the, is the groom okay Right. And so yeah. in, in, in first century Palestine, uh, the, uh, the, the bridesmaids would, uh, weddings were a seven day affair. And the start of the wedding, the bridesmaids would either go over to the groom's house and accompany him to the site of the party or go over to the bride's house. And then the groom would show up, pick up the bride and the bridesmaids, bride and groom would all go to start this party. Uh, and that was done in, in at night. So the the groom is supposed to show up, and the bridesmaids are supposed to be there waiting, so that they can have this parade of lights, right? Take their lamps and accompany him into the wedding party to kick off the celebration of uh, this this wedding. Uh, and half of the bridesmaids forget to bring extra oil because the groom got delayed. <laughs> yeah do you think did they forget to bring extra oil well or they, they weren't were, prepared they were foolish they were foolish and so right? they just didn't do it yeah and so um i do know that my mother-in-law does listen to these uh podcasts mm-hmm. and i do know there is an urban legend about me showing up late to my own wedding <laughs> um, <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny the veracity of that urban legend. Uh, but fortunately, the bridesmaids had their lamps trimmed and burning when I arrived. And we didn't have any of this uh, nonsense of not being allowed into uh, the party. So, Okay. Uh, okay. All right. So it's not unusual. Yeah. See, this is different. Than, I think that if everything should start by 1030 in the morning, that's... <laughs> That's my opinion on things. Well, if it hasn't and, started by 1030. Uh, it's really almost too late to get it started. And I think Song of Solomon <laughs> would back you up on that, right? Yeah, get up, get it going. One who rises early to <laughs> seek her will have no difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, so we got some foolish people. We've got some wise people. 
Um, so and I read I think, a few commentaries yeah, on this. Yeah, and so this this uh, particular parable falls in between two other parables that both talk about the kingdom of God and the the importance of of being ready, of being alert, um, because we don't know when it will come, but that we need to live our lives in such a way that um, we are we're ready for the kingdom that we're, and I would take that a step further because then when we get to the end of Matthew 25, we learn about what it means to be ready for the kingdom and build the kingdom. When we get into the parable of the sheep and the goats, right? Where Jesus says, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was mm -hmm. naked and you clothed me. I was a prisoner and you visited me. And so all of that notion of um, what it means to, to prepare yourself for God's kingdom uh and and so you have because you don't know when it's going to come uh and so you have this 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 these three parables all in a row and, and we're going to study this one this week and actually we're going to study another one next week um about the parable of the, the the servant and the master one of the parables of the servant and the masters um and uh him leaving him leaving his uh his wealth to his servants and his servants do different things with the wealth and they're ready for when he comes back or they aren't ready for when he comes back and ends in much weeping and gnashing of teeth, which is a, which is a phrase that is unique to the gospel of Matthew, interestingly enough, but anyways. Um, so, so there we have it. And one of the commentaries I read said there, there's some important details here that the only mistake of, of these bridesmaids, it wasn't, their mistake was not that they fell asleep. No, it was just simply that they hadn't brought enough oil for their lamps. Um, and, and so another thing that, you know, I thought about, cause this, this doesn't paint a particularly friendly picture of Jesus. If, if the Lord is locking people out and they're knocking and he's not letting them in and says, he doesn't even know them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but a good thing to remember is that parables are, are, are allegorical. They're metaphors to tell us, and so, again, thinking that Jesus is preaching specifically to his gathered disciples, and this is, uh, this is likely the week before uh, his, his death and resurrection, so he's really trying to, to help them be ready for what's coming. Yeah, this is like, this is like the pregame pep talk in the locker room. Yeah. Right? I, I, this is very, this is like inside, inside. Um, conversation and dialogue is it because it's if it's really just to the disciples it's it's really saying you you know you got to be ready because <laughs> the, the ball's going to tip and the game's going to start and you're either going to be ready or you're not um and 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 if you're not ready pretty soon it'll be too late for you to get ready yep um kind of a thing and i need to make sure you all have enough oil for your lamps right mm -hmm. metaphorically mm -hmm. speaking right mm-hmm yeah, I think it's um, we. I think this also possibly reflects um, some of the um, the reflects some of the audience of who the Gospel of Matthew was sort of written or directed towards. Right, I think there's part of this that sort of reflects this um, the the folks for whom the Gospel was written or directed towards um, were most likely expecting Jesus to imminent return. Um, that there was 
written down um, after Jesus' life, after Jesus' uh, resurrection and ascension. And to, to folks, faithful folks who were expecting Jesus back at any moment, right? I mean, quite literally. And, and so to that audience, then also it's another reminder of, you can be ready, be on board now. Um, yeah. Because if Jesus shows back up and you're not quite there, then I don't, we don't know <laughs> what that'll look. There's a lot of unknown uh, at that yeah. time. Yeah, and here we are now, three to four hundred generations later, uh, from when the Gospel of Matthew was written. Uh, mm -hmm. And so far as we know, Jesus has not come back yet. But there's still um, an urgency with which we should be living our lives as Christians. Um, even if Jesus doesn't come back in our lifetime, there's a certain amount of, um, I don't know, I think that, that in Matthew's gospel, the, these, this, this idea of, of living in vigilance means for us that we need to be doing the tasks that we've been appointed to do in preparation for Jesus coming whenever that might be, whether it's in our lifetimes or not. And there's an urgency that we, we, we be engaging in those tasks, bearing witness to God's kingdom. By doing the things like what Damon's going to preach about in two weeks from Matthew 25, welcoming the stranger and feeding the hungry and caring for the sick and, and, and giving drink to the thirsty. And so um, I do think, I do like this parable because it does remind us of that sense of urgency of how we need to be living out gospel values in the world. That is how we prepare for Jesus coming is, is, is by building that kingdom here on earth um, in preparation for the kingdom to come right mm -hmm. yeah it, it, there's very much this sense of uh and and especially when you if you know what's if you know what the second half of the chapter is right uh the sheep and the goats and the there is very much the sense of you you're either going to do it or you're not you, you're either going to you're either going to kind of live this life um or you're not going to live this life like you're going to be ready for, for the kingdom of heaven when it shows up and it could show up at any moment um, or, or you're not. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of um, like if you've been inside for a while <laughs> and then like you step outside and, and you're just, you're surprised by how nice it is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think that sometimes like the kingdom of God sort of shows up for us in those sorts of, surprising unexpected you know like all of a sudden we might get a very gracious and encouraging note from someone um or uh, we might uh we might all of a sudden have an opportunity to um be uh, gracious to someone like all of a sudden we might have an opportunity to take someone a meal or um whatever the case may be and i think there's also i think for us living in our context i think there's some of that going on as well. Like that, that those uh, some people talk about that they're like thin places. Maybe you talked about that uh, at some yeah. point in some sermon, right? Like where like oh, oh we catch a, like a little bit of a glimpse, uh, like we can see a little bit kind of beyond the veil um, and see the sort of the reality of God. Like we don't really know when those moments are going to show up um, for us, or when we'll get a chance to live into them in some ways. And, and so I think 
for me, some of it is about that. I, I have this keynote heaven could, or like I could become keenly aware of it. Maybe that's the way of saying it at any moment. Uh, it's probably our, always there, right? <laughs> um, but I could become aware of it at any moment and I should keep awake to the to that reality. I like that too. It's, 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 it's maintaining awareness and alertness, uh, not just for Christ's second coming, but an awareness and alertness of the presence of the kingdom of God around us. Yeah. Uh, both our call to help create that, but also when it breaks in, and being aware of those special moments of grace, whether it's a very small thing or, or, a, or an enormous thing, right? Yeah. And um, I know, you know, my, my dad died here uh, just three weeks ago. And there were moments of grace. There have been moments of grace in the last three weeks that have reminded me of God's steadfast presence with me and, 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 and likely the the kingdom of heaven where my dad is and, and, and just these, these small inbreaking moments that have helped sustain me in the midst of that. And um, perhaps this parable is a reminder to stay alert and stay awake to the possibility of those moments breaking in, even in the here and now, um, even as we prepare for, for Christ's coming one day. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that if we miss those moments, right. Uh, if, if our if we didn't if we were out of oil for whatever reason at that time when it showed up, that's not to say that that, that it won't show up again. Yeah, um, you know I, these bridesmaids may very well run bridesmaids again in the future and had a chance to go to another banquet, um, and maybe that that time maybe they were ready, right? Um, but yeah, I would just we don't want to miss those things. Um, when they do show up to us. This is a, a complete aside now. Well, not a complete, but I'm turning. <laughs> do, were the, do you think it was midnight? Were the oil dealers, would they have been awake? Would they have been open? <laughs> you're, you're, not, <laughs> you're not the first person to notice that detail. One of the commentaries I read said, uh, really? Would the oil lamp oil dealers really have been open? But it turns out they 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 were according to the parable because they do go find oil and then they show back up and, and are not let in. They so. do. Maybe they have to rouse them from their sleep as well. Indeed. Indeed. Who's to say? So, <laughs> I don't know. Seems like that would preach. I don't know. What do you think? Or is there more? I, I think, I think that'll preach. Um, it'll be interesting to see if and how I can weave it in with that uh, passage from the wisdom of Solomon. But um I just loved that passage and I loved that it fell in the lectionary and I, I feel like it does parallel pretty well with, uh, with the Matthew parable. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see how it all comes together. Mm -hmm. Well then, uh, should we turn our attention uh, to some, to some announcements? I can share straight away that we do have cinnamon roll sales going on for go and serve. Uh, we've made a whole bunch of cinnamon, cinnamon rolls and I'm, I'm desperate to sell them. So <laughs> folks need, well, they don't need to, but if you would like to purchase uh, some cinnamon or frozen cinnamon rolls, pan of six, uh, $12 a pan, uh, you can get them in time for either Thanksgiving or for Christmas. Uh, if you want them in time for Thanksgiving, uh, we need to have your order in uh, by, I believe, November 13th. Uh, there have been order forms in the bulletins, in the newsletter. Uh, you can also order online 
um, which I think that online order has shown up maybe in a church email or two, maybe on a Facebook post. Um, but if you're curious about that, please contact the church, let us know, and we can get that information to you. Um, what else? Well, uh, just a continued update on what's going on with worship. We are uh, right now just doing our stay-at-home worship service at 1030. Um, we are watching the health numbers and your session. The leadership council of the church has, has voted to suspend in-person worship through November. And then we're going to be looking at some creative ideas for things to do in December to help us feel connected during the season of Advent and Christmas. So stay tuned for those, but know for the next, uh, next few weeks, that is what the worship will look like. We'll be uh, stay-at-home worship at 1030, uh, broadcast via Facebook Live and also via 1550 KICS AM radio. Um, we wrapped up our stewardship campaign, uh, but it's not too late to turn in your stewardship pledges. Uh, we use those pledges to help build a faithful budget for ourselves in 2021. So if you do think you will be giving to the church in 2021, please do get your pledge into the church so that we know uh, and we can build that budget faithfully. Uh, we appreciate those who have already turned in their pledges. Thank you so much. And uh, we will continue to collect those pledges as we work towards uh, getting the budget together. Uh, there is still a ton of stuff going on at the church, even though we're not worshiping in person on Sundays. And our Christian ed offerings are amazing. Uh, Pre-K through fifth grade, we're doing remote Christian ed. Uh, every week we do a, a video for our pre-K through second graders and for our third through fifth graders. Some of your favorite Sunday school teachers are coming in and doing those videos. I often have a very small cameo in each one. Um, and then Steph has sent out packets for those. And so we're doing that. And then for December, we're going to align the Christian ed for the pre-K through fifth graders with our Advent devotional that we're, uh, Damon is in the process of working on uh, putting together so that we'll all, so that all as a church family will be wor working through that Advent devotional together uh, and that'll be great. So that's what's going on with that. Middle school and high school youth group are still meeting in person on Wednesday nights with masks and social distancing. That's at seven o'clock. Yes, sir. Um, and then adult Christian ed offerings are varied and wonderful. So uh, we have things like this podcast and you're listening. So you know about this, uh, but we also have, uh, we have a Tuesday noon Bible study, which is offered both digitally via zoom, as well as in person in the church with masks and social distancing. We have a Wednesday noon study on the book of revelation, which is offered via zoom. Uh, and then Sunday mornings, we have our forums, which are uh, typically classes, sometimes one-off, sometimes a series of classes, which are offered on Sunday mornings at 9.15. We're starting uh, a series on um, the book of Matthew, since we'll be preaching out of the book of Matthew for three weeks, led by our scholar in residence, Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh. We just wrapped up a two-week series on politics and faith. And they turned out really well. The good news for all these forums is that we record them and then we post them both to our SoundCloud site as well as to our YouTube channel. And so you can catch those later if you're not able to be with us live on Sunday mornings at 9.15. Did I miss anything about forums that I should be adding, Damon? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, okay. Yeah, so we might want to put in a, a quick plug. We did have a Friday feature that got released um, this past Friday. Um, so Hannah Jensen, Hannah Jensen, Hannah Jensen is like her performing. I wasn't sure which name to use. 
uh, Hannah Jensen's like her performing musician professional name. Hannah Jensen Heitman is her uh, boring around the house name. Um, uh, but she uh, she had a lovely song uh, to go along. This past Sunday was All Saints Day. Um, folks are probably aware. And she had a lovely song that she had written for actually for her aunt Corinne, um, maybe about a year ago, um, coming up on a year probably. Um, her aunt Corinne uh, was uh, was sick and was not doing well, and then uh, and then died. And she wrote a, a lovely song called Reach for her aunt Corinne. Uh, so, if folks are curious about that, that is on our SoundCloud page. Here's my confession. I missed that. Oh. (laughs) I know it went out on the Friday email, uh, but Mm -hmm. I was running so hard this past week that I totally missed that. So I'm excited to, uh, to catch that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lovely, lovely song and really appropriate for All Saints Day. And uh, so folks get a chance to check that out. I would, I would highly encourage it. So thinking had I caught that a little earlier, I might've incorporated into the worship service. But yeah, well. there's always next year. Yeah, no worries. So, um, what else? One other, uh, yeah, one other adult ed opportunity too. We have a, a adult Sunday school slash small group class called Heirs Apparent. Yeah, uh, and they often do book studies. They they like uh, a pastor out of Kansas City, Adam Hamilton, and they're doing one of his books right now called seeing gray in a world of black and white thoughts on religion morality and politics and when i pulled the title for that i realized the book had been published in july of 2012 which was the height of the romney obama campaign um and so i think it speaks to politics and polarization and sort of our call as people of faith within that so um if you want to join them let us know that class does meet at 9.15 on Sunday mornings as well. Uh, great group of people. And they've been meeting together as a group for a long time. Um, and They're, They are meeting via Zoom currently. Correct. Thank you yep. for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's all. Okay. That seems like enough for this week. Yeah. I, um, I'll close this in prayer and uh, just a reminder that this is election eve. Uh, and tomorrow is, uh, is Tuesday, November 3rd. Uh, encourage everyone to vote. Uh, a unique thing, not unique exclusively to Presbyterians, but Reformed Christians. Uh, we believe in the sovereignty of God, that God is in all things, over, above, and through, and in all things, including worldly systems. And so as Reformed Christians, we encourage our, our folks to be involved in the world, not to withdraw from the world. Um, and that manifests itself in some beautiful ways. Uh, here in Hastings, we have, I think, three members of city council and three members of the school board are members of our church. And those are folks who are living out their faith by serving their community through those things. And so all of which to say, um, we encourage you to vote uh, in, in the election tomorrow if you haven't done so already. Um, and I will close with a prayer for, um, for that and for our time together. So let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we really don't know what tomorrow will bring or the day after that or the week after that. There is uncertainty and many humans are very uncomfortable with uncertainty, myself included. 
But what is certain, God, is your steadfast presence with us. We are certain that you are with us each step in our lives. We ask that you make your presence known in the days and weeks to come. Make us aware of your presence. Wake us up to your presence in the world and in our lives. If there are questions that arise from the elections tomorrow, Lord, may level heads prevail. And ultimately, may your peace prevail, Lord. It's the peace that Paul says is a peace which passes all understanding that we know comes from you, God. And so our prayer for tomorrow and for the rest of the week is that, Lord, peace, peace, peace at all times, peace, Lord your peace which passes all understanding. May it enter our hearts and minds as individuals. May it enter our communities and our states and our country. And then we, we are reminded too of the prayer often attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. And so may we do that too, Lord. May each of us be peacemakers in our own right in the days and weeks to come. And we read in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Thank you for making us all your beloved children, Lord. Let us live into that as peacemakers. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I think that'll do it for this week. So until next time, toodaloo.